you're looking at what are the things that are going to bring you maximum joy and then get rid of all the things that are just gonna you think are bringing you joy but are just gonna and they, they might but in the long run they're just gonna be around and cause probably more harm than joy how can you build skills that will be transferable no matter which industry you're currently in or which one you think could be a potential avenue in the future how does the flow of someone's house, whether it's their office or just the general state of their house, affect their well-being and their mental state? We'll stick around as today's guest answers these questions and more as he shares his journey with us. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is J.P. Taxman, the founder of Uprelief. So I'm J.P. Taxman, grew up in Colorado Springs, and then went to school and decided that was not for me. My senior year of college, then one semester he left, and I was like, nah, I don't like this. I don't like this system. Kind of did it as a protest. Kind of did it as just like, there wasn't anything left for me in Fort Collins, and my friends were going in their own separate ways, so I was just kind of like, you know what, there's nothing left for me here. I'm just gonna pack up and move out to Phoenix. So I moved out to Phoenix, and then, just like always knew I was going to do entrepreneurship. I thought you were supposed to go to school first and I realized that's not necessarily. And so I decided to just start then, which was like seven, eight years ago, something along those lines. And started just thinking through ideas and started stuff out. And so started a couple of businesses that varying successes, nothing extraordinary, but you know, some freelancing, got into doing you know some graphic design, user experience design work, built an app that definitely failed, ran out of money, and got it partly built. So that was going to be an app that was going to be basically to create your own emojis. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I, was excited. I, I still want it. I thought it was dope, but <laughs> I couldn't get it done. You know, it's, software's expensive. We're yeah. not the hard way and difficult. But that led me into getting into user experience design and finding a path that I really loved. I really liked the concept of user experience design and the kind of the empathy behind design and really designing things for humans using design thinking that really appealed to me. And so I did some work doing that. And then that kind of led me to where I'm at now, which is kind of taking that from like the software realm. Like it's used in industrial design as well, which is part of what I do is designing, building custom products for people to enhance their home and optimize to make it more fluid and more efficient. Um, and then on top of that, I also do just standard home organization, which can play into that in certain ways. It's just about really building and designing systems. And that's really all user experience design is. It's just, you know, systems on a screen. And how do you move someone through that and make it really intuitive and easy to use so they don't need a manual? There's a lot to take in from that. I guess we'll kind of talk about like what you're doing right now and then we'll go back 
we'll backtrack a little bit. So how does the process work? Does somebody approach you and they say, hey, JP, like I have an issue. I want to use this in a different way, but I don't quite know, or what's, what's it like? So for the company right now, it's called Up Relief. Basically, how I'm running it now, I'm still in the general early phases of building the business and figuring out how it's supposed to work, how to really find customers, ideally, and just to kind of get it really humming along, but I'm finally getting in that flow. And kind of what I'm finding is, I just, right now I just post ads on Facebook Marketplace and OfferUp and Nextdoor. I found that posting very specific ads about things is what does it. Like at first I tried some like general kind of generic, just like, do you need your home organized? And didn't get really, I got like some, some hits, but like nothing like serious. And then I started like, well, let's get a little more specific and like, what are we dealing with right now with COVID? And then what are we doing with, you know, what's going on with that? And a lot of people are working from home and moving their office from there to, to their home, which, you know, also, you know, if it was cluttered there, it's going to be cluttered here, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, regardless of the nature, I'm like, okay, office organization. So I just kind of made a specific targeted ad to help people get more efficient, and make their homes more efficient. And that seemed to work. I've been getting a lot of clients from that ad luckily. And now I think I'm going to keep going down that road. So, so what my, my kind of general plan is start with just doing the home, the organizing, just standard kind of helping people get stuff together, get cluttered, take care of what I call, you know, killing the clutter monster. They, you know, he grows and, and our, the more things we get and in our homes and it's not, not really their fault. Anyone's fault it just happens. And it's kind of like, sometimes you get termites just got to call someone to help you get them out of there, you know? I'm starting with that, and that's just kind of helping me build a relationship and kind of get comfortable with working with me and understand what I do and how I kind of think. And then that will allow me to really upsell them to what I really want to be doing, what the business is kind of really about, which is designing and building the custom products to make their homes more efficient. And so, like, while I'm working with them, I'll be like, hey, you know, right here would be great if we did X, Y, and Z. Would you be interested in me doing that? And then I can go from there. Do you find that it's a lot of people that just don't want to try and tackle it or they don't even know how to go through the process of decluttering it seems they they just feel overwhelmed by it like it piles up and it piles up and it piles up and then they look at it and they're like they don't know where to start they want to start they want to get it taken care of sometimes they maybe get started and they're like this is too much i can't handle this and so really they just need someone that can be like all right here's what we're gonna do identifying what needs to be gotten rid of what needs to be kept what needs to be stored away further and then what are like kind of the essential things that need to be most easily accessible and kind of design around and uh, design system for those where do you draw your inspiration from on on this aspect like is it similar to minimalism in a way or is it would you say something different yeah I mean minimalism is and I mean there's there's principles you can take from minimalism to be a true minimalist, you gotta really be willing to get rid of just about everything. Um, if you really wanna go by like the true principles of minimalism, you only have like maybe three shirts, three pants, three pairs of socks, three pairs of underwear, and then you have like a desk, a bed, probably just a mattress. Maybe you have like a platform it sits on, and then like maybe one plate, one cup, you know, you have like bare minimum, just what you need to get by. And like, it really works. Like I, there's certain areas in my life that I, I do the minimalism and I like that style. It's just simple. It makes things a lot easier, honestly, but it's not for everyone. It's, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty serious commitment. 
but it can be very liberating. So I like I believe in more like mediumism, which is kind of somewhere in between where it's like get rid of the stuff that's just like lingering around. Let's identify what your essential things are, the stuff you really need and like and enjoy. At that point, you're looking for the biggest bang for your bucks. You're looking at what are the things that are going to bring you maximum joy, mm-hmm. and then get rid of all the things that are just gonna you think are bringing you joy, but are just gonna and they they might, but in the long run, they're just gonna be around and cause probably more harm than joy mm-hmm. from just having things around that are just are just sitting and you're not using them. What got you into this initially? What initially got me in like interested was a friend who did camera stuff. He's a filmmaker, had all, all his camera stuff, and he had this closet, and it was really cluttered. In film, too, like, one thing you really want is you want to be efficient. Like, efficiency in film matters because you're on time, or, or you're, you know, by the hour, every minute counts, right? And so I was like, we need to, we need to clean this up. <laughs> and so I just started helping him, like, take everything out, and then reorganize it and make it so it's, like, really accessible and easy to find. And, like, we got the whole, his whole, like, kind of office squared away, nice, and... After that, I was like, oh, that, you know, at the time I was like, just helping a friend out get a space kind of resituated. But I was like, I kind of like doing that. Like, that felt really good. Like, I, I feel like I really brought him a fair amount of value. And from there, I didn't really think about it as like a career path or anything. I was just like trying to help a friend out. I thought that was cool. And then I saw Marine Kondo. I was like, oh, I really like this. This is cool. I, I like what's going on here. And I was like, well, okay, like, she's like teaching girls how to go on Craigslist and put up ads and whatnot, like, yeah, it's not too difficult, but, so I like, tried doing that once or twice, just like before I really started the business and nothing came of it, so I was like, whatever. And then got into doing this business, which like, I have a full 10 year vision, I started with my endpoint in mind, and then I kind of parsed it backwards, kind of thinking Jeff Bezos style, where he started with books and the ideal to get to the other thing store. So I kind of like started starting with basically organization to get to where I'm trying to go. So basically where I really wanted to, was starting was with the custom build stuff, but I found when I started finding clients was very difficult because it's like kind of a new thing and there's nothing like else out there like it. So it's like hard, no one's really looking for it and it's hard to really sell it when they don't fully understand the value of it yet either. So I'm like, okay, that's that strategy wasn't working so I'm like here let's go find let's go for the thing that people are already doing uh, or already looking for and need and there's a strong need for at the moment go there get in with that route and then kind of Trojan horse in with that and then be like show them the other way and the the, the other options that I can provide and provide them with other cool custom products Hmm. and kind of provide that design experience so is this pre-covid mid-covid or pre-covid I started and then covid hit and honestly, it didn't. Not. I mean, yet. I can't say it didn't hurt me. It, I wasn't again killing it before that. I was still like kind of figuring things out. And so when COVID hit, actually, I got a couple clients like right around the beginning. So I was like, oh hey, a referral came through from a friend that could connect me to someone. He was like letting one of his friends kind of use all his people. <laughs> it's like his cleaning lady. He's yeah. like, here, take my cleaning lady. Take this person. <laughs> and then he like sent me over to her and then I worked with her and did organize her whole craft room. She had a whole craft room and it was very messy before we got in there and then we got after and now it's really great. She can find things easily. And like in that, one of my favorite parts, like the company's called Up Relief because like I want to provide people with that feeling of relief. Seeing her actually like take a big deep sigh of relief afterwards was like just extremely satisfying for me. 
and like witnessing that I was like that's that's it that's what I'm going for yeah and then I did a custom product actually I did a custom drill bit drill organizer during COVID as well and those both came through uh, yeah now it's just still going but what got yeah. you into the building aspect of stuff have you always been into that I was always into cardboard as a kid so I'd make forts and things and use boxes to build stuff which I always thought was cool and then kind of like fell away from it like I do some like things with like boy scouts and whatever build birdhouses or whatever and then again fell away from it and then I helped a friend build an escape room um, like a full huge escape room I mean bigger than that it was like 10 hours one of them so well, it took them I think seven hours and part of that was because they had to go around so it was like probably about four hour escape room but it was massive it's a week it was a weekend event they're like two play tests but they're going it's called hunters of Avalon if anyone wants to check it out and it's like Dungeons and Dragons mixed with escape room mixed with live action role play. So you play as your character, you can actually do like axe throwing, you interact with NPCs, you can buy things, furs, potions that you can also use in the Dungeons and Dragons. And then while you're playing that, you get pieces to the escape room and then they all kind of mix together. And it's like really, really an immersive, amazing experience. So you got to help with that and build some puzzles and build some of the other things, you know, side quests and whatnot and learn techniques in there. And like, doing that I learned how to basically production level use a laser cutter and as I was doing that I'm like I really enjoy this this is the route I really would like to go down with my business I feel like that's an underrated skill that unless you typically know someone who kind of is a craftsperson themselves it's really hard to kind of break into that and get exposed to it I would agree it is less likely to find now like I, I just meet people everywhere and I've been going to this place called Heatsink a lot and there have been a lot of interesting people there when they're makers but but yeah the, the, not a lot of people do really build and like make their own things and I've just like I've done it kind of out of necessity that's also where it kind of came from is in my own home and again that's where the name came from as well like I would there would just be little things that would drive me insane and I'd be like either there wasn't something just right for it or I just like didn't want to spend money to pay for the thing so I'd be like, I'll just make it. And then after doing that, I just get this deep sense of relief from the solution I came up with. And sometimes it's just like a simple thing. Like sometimes I just find random materials around my house, which is one of my favorite things to do. And just whip up something real quick and call it a prototype and it'd work. And I'd be like, hey, this is great. Like this, this makes this so much more efficient and easier. And I really like it. And then I really recently like to mainly stick with doing, like sticking with creating social media I started making prototypes of cardboard. And so, you know, like one of the things I made recently, which this is one that like no one would understand. Have you ever heard of a shoehorn? Is that what you put inside of a shoe? You put it inside of a shoe, it like helps you get your foot in a shoe if it's tight. See, no one knows like, what a shoehorn is. It's is really it in funny. the back, like you put it on your heel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got a little loop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know the name, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called a shoehorn. And I got one of those that was like, it's nice, it's all wooden. And I was like looking for a place to put it. And it's just like nowhere was just right. Like I had this little square thing that I'd set it on and like and it'd fall off. Or like I'd like put it on and then like put my shoes on somewhere else and then I'd leave it over there. So when I go put my shoes on later, it's over there and I have to walk back and that's annoying. So I just built a little holster for it that I mounted to the wall out of cardboard. And it's like, again, for me, like this is, seems completely insignificant, but like for me in my life, like that's a little thing that just makes my life so much more streamlined when I'm putting my shoes. Like I think about areas like that a lot, like putting on your shoes, like things you're doing every day. Like I want to give people literally a daily sense of relief and really focus on the design of everyday things, which is a book that really inspired me. It's the guy who basically invented user experience design 
it's a book about designing everyday things and like if you know if it, one of the best examples is if a door you know when you open a door and you you push when it says pull everyone thinks it's their fault and they're, they're being an idiot but the book tells you that no you're wrong the door is just designed poorly like when people are going through a door it's called an affordance like you're just thinking about going through the door you're like you're probably maybe even like texting or something so you're just thinking to push and it says pull whenever you go through a door you're not thinking to read you're looking for the affordance so like the best doors just have a double hinge you don't have to ever worry about you can push or pull but kind of designing again these daily experiences in my life is like what i really care about because it just like makes them so much more streamlined and easy and just like less frustrating just eliminating the frustrations when like especially when you're building a business like fires and everything else is insanely stressful like the little things i can take out of there the little frustrations can go a long way for me what was it specifically about college? Like you had made it mm-hmm. literally probably like what, 90% of the way through. Mm-hmm. And then you just decided this isn't for me. So what was it at that moment in time that made you pull the plug and say, hey, I'm done? It had been a long time coming. Like I had always hated school. I suffered from dyslexia. So it's always just been like a grind. The format, the setting, I guess the setting isn't terrible, but like the format and the systems for the way they do it just, just don't make any sense to me. You don't really learn shit. I didn't really start learning anything until I left school. I didn't really start reading and learning until I left school. They, they need to revamp, they need to really rethink how they're teaching students and kids. The system was just developed for the Bismarckian, Bismarckian era. And it's just, it's just, lecturing and whatever just it, it works I mean you have a lot of people to teach I get it but it just it doesn't work and I was just like I don't want to do this I don't care like I'm spending all this money for what and part of it was again like I just wanted to show too that like because a lot of the lexicon too in life is you're supposed to go to school in order to get like a good job and like you have to do that or in order to get a good job and I wanted to show that that's not necessarily the case right and I, I wanted to prove to others, but also to myself, that there are other routes to, I, I don't know if being successful is the way, but to, you know, getting a solid job or making a good living. And school isn't necessarily the way to go. Now, that being the case, not everyone is like as self-guided and it's, it can be somewhat of a more difficult route. But with school, even like, you're not even guaranteed shit. Like, you can go and I'll, I hear a lot of people that go to school and do the thing and then still end up working at a department store or whatever, still serving. Just because you, you, you have the degree doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. Like, you really need to focus on building your network and meeting people because that's really how you're going to get a job, likely. Because especially when you don't really have experience, like, that's the funny thing about experience, the chicken and the egg problem. It's like they want you <laughs> to have experience, but in order to get the experience, they need you to, to hire you. And so it's like, what are you supposed to do, you know? So... You know, just again, the path wasn't for me. I think there's certain, you know, places where school is somewhat beneficial, but I think there's just that whole system is really broken, even in like the the, the way like science is conducted there. There's just a lot of ways in which academics, academia needs to be revamped and really rethought. And it might start happening. We'll see. I think they're going to get a lot of challenge and pushback from like the, like now too, the thing is like nowadays, more than ever, you really, it, the information's all out. First of all, it's always been out there. Like, it's whether or not you want to access it. So, like, if you want to learn to do, like, I taught myself graphic design, just YouTube. There's plenty. Like, do something. If you run into, like, an issue with what something you're trying to create, like, copy other people's work, 
like literally verbatim, don't post it as yours, but like copy it to like learn what they did. And if you get stuck, just look up how to do a gradient and then shows you exactly how to do a gradient. Now you know how to do a gradient. And then you just like learn by, by doing, that's how I personally learn. And but you gotta do it as a thing, you gotta stick down and create a schedule and stick to it. And that's where people typically fail. But it's just, there are other acts, you know, there's self guide, there's so many self guided learning options, Udemy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all these are great, not options. Again, the other hard part that needs more is they need, a lot of people need that structure. And what the thing that school brings for people is it forces them, it makes them feel obligated to doing it because they feel like they have a teacher and someone holding them accountable and they're gonna get in trouble or get a bad grade if they don't do the thing. But again, where does that even come from earlier on in life when school developed and be that way? If they would have been developed differently from an earlier age and school would have been developed differently and then more self-guided and self-taught, then people wouldn't have that issue. But since they're taught that way as a young person, that's typically how they are now. Not everyone, but the vast majority. No, yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard to break that structure of having a syllabus and following it to a T and then you get out of school and you're like, oh shit, I wanna change what I'm doing, but like, hey, nobody's telling me I have to do it and it's on me and then you like lose motivation because it's, it's just on you. Like nobody else cares if you do it or not. Like if you don't learn that skill, it doesn't matter. You might hate yourself, but like nobody else cares. Right. So what sure. did you do right after you left college? Like what were you kind of starting on in your first venture? My first initial idea, which is kind of, if you th I think about it somewhat for a full circle, but not quite. First initial idea was to like 3D print pipes. Pipes? Yeah. For like uh, plumbing? No, for like smoking. Oh, that's dope. Uh, so I was like thinking through that and like figuring out how that might be plausible without being toxic. But then it didn't end up going down the route. Cause I'm, the thing I try to do with my businesses, or I've always tried to do, except for the one with the app, is to look at things that don't need a significant amount of upfront investment. Cause then one, you're not on like a runway and you can kind of pan it out as, you can pan it out as long as you need to in order to like really get it jump started. Cause sometimes it just takes a while to figure out exactly how to do all the bits, right? So the first one I started, cause I, I, I tend to also pick businesses that I struggle in and would like to be a solution that's not really out there. So the first one was I wanted to create basically what I was talking about, a dating, like a place for people to come and learn dating relationships and how to navigate those and better find people and how to date more effectively and better. Started there, did all the things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do wrong? Focus too much on just building a website and doing the business cards and not enough time on actually selling the thing to people to get them to buy. And were you what were you selling? Uh, it was like a training course. So that one again, complete fit. I don't, I didn't give up, get one on that one. Just like built the business and had it like look like I was doing a thing <laughs> without it really being anything. Because I like, I was like, I don't know, I don't know how to market. I don't know how to get people to do this. Like, and I was also like trying to find someone else. Like at that time, like. I wasn't very good at dating and approaching girls. I was Wait, like figuring it out, I was reading about it, I was learning more, I was okay. developing my game, but I met one guy that like was hopefully gonna work with me on it and he like was really good, like finding some amazing women. I don't know, who's this geared towards? What's 17 and 24 year olds. Okay, they're all doing sex things. Yeah, he was like, had a girlfriend and he'd like go out and meet girls and then bring other girls back to his girlfriend because she was into girls as well. I was like, that's wild. That's 
insanely impressive. So I was gonna hopefully like try to work with that guy, but like that never panned out. And yeah, so that one just kind of fizzled, and I was like, while I was doing that one, that's what led into the app one. Is I was like, well, I need something else to like generate revenue while I get this kind of worked out. And then read a blog about like some guy that would like spend five grand on an app on like making an app, and then would end up making a shit ton of money from it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. That seems fine. <laughs> and little do I know, like, I think reading back, I don't know if I re- like read the timestamp on like when the blog was from, but I'm sure it was from like when apps were like literally just coming out. And this was a couple years after that. <laughs> a little bit different on what the app store like requirements were for like, just like what generally makes a good app and what it takes to make a good app. That's generally that story. What's the biggest thing you've learned over the course of these various ventures? Let's see. One of the first ones that comes to mind, I wouldn't say this is the biggest thing I've learned, but like one of the first things that comes to mind is just don't be too hard on yourself. I get really hard on myself and like I learn like it's a lot easier when you just go like, oh, it's fine, just figure it out along the way. and. Just really a lot of it is what it was is iteration and trying it, getting knocked down, failing, getting up, trying something new and just like small tweaks and then eventually something clicks and you get it. It feels like that's never gonna come and I feel like that all the time. And then eventually something starts clicking. If a stranger came up to you on side of the street and asked what you did and you had huh. 30 to 60 seconds to describe to them what you do, how would you answer? Basically where I'm at is help people find a sense of relief by helping them organize their home and remove clutter and help them and I help people design and build custom products to stay organized and efficient in their home by helping them identify and solve frustrations in people's homes. If you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? Probably The Perfect Sandwich. What are two pros and two cons to what you do? So like, I guess in order to building the business, Positives are, I get to pick when I, like, I get to set my schedule and pick when I want to do things. If I want to, like, stop working for the day, I can. (laughs) One would be, there's limitless potential for what I can do and where I can go and the amount I can make. I guess the downsides are, there's just an immense amount of stress and pressure that I'm faced with constantly. So to be clear, I do not recommend entrepreneurship for just about anyone. <laughs> You've gotta really make it me think it's your thing. To an extent, there are some like side hustle businesses that are like aren't as intense. But if you're really trying to build like I'm going for like the multi-million dollar, billion dollar company, so that's a whole other thing. And then oh, what was the other one? I just had it stress and pressure and then the other downside is I guess they're just I feel like this plays in the same one but there are a lot of unknowns what's an average day look like for you an average day uh can you give me an average week instead of an average day because every day is very different Here's what I can give you the beginning and end of every day. So I try to start out with a workout when I first get up 
and then I do whatever. It just depends on when I get up and what I have to do that day. And then I try to end the day starting at 10. I do some writing. 10 p.m.? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And then it's like 10 minutes, 10 minutes writing. So okay. Events. And then I draw, stretch, brush teeth, and then fill out my form for the next day. Your form of like today? Or not. Well, so I fill out a form that like, so it's a download of the current day. So I did like journals. It helps me like collect data on my life. Like, you know, what, uh, how am I feeling? How is today? What happened? And then it helps me track my habits. Like, what habits? Did I draw? Did I do my mind palace? Did I review something? Uh, did I do the form yesterday so I can track how, how often I'm doing the form itself? And then it also has tasks. So like for the tasks too, like that's what I want to do my week. So I try to do Monday is supposed to be sales items, tasks. Then Tuesday is design. Wednesday is marketing, but might be moved to Saturday seriously. I don't know. And then Thursday is administrative tasks, tasks, taxes, receipts, blah, blah, blah. Friday's kind of like a catch-up slash process day. Saturday's off day, but again, that might be moved to Wednesday. And then Sunday is, technically it's like, how do I say it? It's like, well, I do my, my task and goal setting and kind of like some general exercises and then do a little cleaning. I learned it from Jack Dorsey, where he structures each day in a certain way. And that, that's really helped me, especially when you have like so much to do, it feels so overwhelming. My two takeaways from my conversation with JP are, first, the transference of mindsets and information from one subject field to another. For example, he used his UX design, which he originally dove into for the app he was building, and is now able to apply it to working on people's homes and increasing the flow of their households, but also just the usability of their products and how can he make their lives simpler by creating spaces that allow them to easily access what they need in a comfortable way. And the second is that it works out, just in life in general left college a semester before graduation, and ever since he's been riding the wave and testing out his ideas. But if that's proof of anything, it's just trial and error. You see what works, and if it doesn't work, you pack it up and you try something else, and you keep going on that cycle until you find what sticks. 